Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, Steve. How's it going, Steve? It's going all right. Um, I'm pretty pumped that uh, both movies that we did this week were ones that like, I actually really enjoyed. Um, because <laughs> Unlike the I, last time we recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time was not great. And honestly, like the week heading into this um, was a bit of a like as far as like you you understand because you're a, you're a film critic as well it was yeah. like a, a letdown week um because to i saw both like it was rare for me in Pentecton to be able to see both uh big releases but uh i mean spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen snake eyes or old but they're both massive letdowns in their own ways i i didn't mind snake eyes i don't know why like i feel like it's not a good movie, but I kind of enjoyed it. I, well, I There's things I like in it. There's a lot of things I don't like. There's so much stuff I don't like. And, like, if you allow me to pick apart a couple things in sure. it. Um, I love Samara Weaving, and I was so let down by her in this movie. Mm. They don't really give her much to work with. Like, no, and she's just, like, not good in yeah. it. And then there's a whole... There's an actual scene where i swear her mouth doesn't her lips don't move her mouth doesn't move and then she has an adr line i think i know which one you're talking about because i think yeah I that too. it doesn't make any sense and then like secondary like there's there's like uh, also a scene where like the ladies team up and it's so like on the nose like corny obvious and it was just it it really bugged me um but the big overarching thing um is none of the action scenes work none of them do oh yeah can you please pull back can you please pull back? like why are we focusing on their shoulders the like, why are, why are we in close-ups the editing job on those action scenes was like the worst i've seen in a long time like it, it yeah you can't even follow a lot of no. the action no um, it makes it look clunky and awkward too like they yeah. didn't have good action sequence and if you have eco uace and you don't have a good action scene that is that's a fucking problem yeah and uh, like that's what your movie is predicated on is the action scenes totally that's the only thing that should be like if anything because mortal kombat got it right yes mortal kombat has great fight scenes mm -hmm. it's because they pulled back they let it breathe they we, we got to see everyone's legs and arms at the same time <laughs> You know, it was just like, can you just relax on the shaky cam, on the close-ups, on the set? Like, it's the one thing that you needed to get right, and you got it wrong. I think for me, the um, biggest egregious with that movie is, like, the trailers and the posters are like, here's Henry Golding in the classic Snake Eyes outfit. Mm -hmm. You see it for, like, 30 seconds or less in the yeah. entire movie. It yeah. is, I, I mean, I know marketing teams do this often, but... Yeah. It's just like really, you couldn't even have him like going into the final fight. Just put that on, like it. it 
that to me was the most egregious where I'm just like, yeah, I wanted to see him in the snake eyes outfit. Yeah. But yeah, uh, um, absolutely. So yeah, that was an absolute dud. And then old, Okay, um, old is getting I, a lot of praise, and I don't know why. I don't know why because you know honestly, I, I the premise is cool and the execution is, is pretty cool, but the script consistently makes me roll my eyes and gets me so angry because there's yes. not a single good line in that movie. There's not a like it's just can can somebody grab Knight by the shoulders and show him how humans really talk because <laughs> nobody nobody has a single line in this that actually works. And I yeah. mean, I, I even I even enjoyed the twist like there's yeah. everything, everything structure wise and everything as far as like the actual plot and the actual problems in it. I really, mm -hmm. really, really liked. But the script makes this movie an utter dog shit piece of crap movie. Yeah. No, I heard there was a lot of positivity going into this. So I was kind of curious to check it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, I for the life of me cannot understand like did we all watch the same movie because it feels yeah. like we didn't i know i, I mean i will say this it's better than the happening like oh yeah yeah but i felt i felt like i was watching another happening as soon as i was about yeah. 10 15 yeah. minutes into it i went oh no yeah like, oh this no is... he's reverting he's reverting reverting back and i'm like yeah. i'm like this is coming from a guy that still likes lady in the water like I yeah. still dig that movie, which is largely regarded as one of his worst movies, but and like I, I you know, I I feel like you're on the same page for this one. I still like when I see that an M Night Shyamalan movie is coming out, I'm still intrigued. I'm still yeah. like, oh, this could be good because there are diamonds in the rough. I nobody, I I don't think anybody expected the visit to be as good as it was. Well, that's what I was thinking this was going to be because I I put this in my letterbox review, but like I feel like Shyamalan's the kind of director where every so often he has to like do what I call the pump the brakes movie, where it's like okay, he's gotten a little weird with some of his yeah. movies, and he doesn't like the visit, or I think they were trying to go for that with this movie, where it's like well, making things simpler, but yeah, it's not really simple. It's more, it's still convoluted and just yeah, yeah, and to follow up which was the the final stumble of glass mm. which uh i don't hate but it's not what i wanted it to be yeah. um um to like you gotta come back with something that's just like a fucking gut punch or like like something something to reestablish yourself and old is not that movie i, I guess yeah. it's getting regarded like you said as that movie but it's not like it's no. it's somebody needs to fucking shake him yeah, I'm. I like honestly, like he ruined a really great premise. I like it's it's an inter a really really cool premise. Yeah, and he just just took a wet fart all over it with that fucking dialogue. Like, oh my <laughs> god! Like when when um the the mom is trying to reason with uh, Rufus Sewell's character, mm -hmm. and he's like, "I am a mother. I just want you to know where I'm coming from." I'm like, what what is going on with this like dialogue like? Even the, 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 you know, the, the, the pregnancy part of the movie, mm. like that, ugh. and like the, the kids, like as the, cause the kids are getting older and they can obviously see each other getting older, but there's like, they're still oblivious to it in a large degree. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so, I don't know. There's so, so many, just all, all the problems are dialogue problems. 
I mean, I'm going to get into spoilers, so maybe, like, <laughs> yeah. skip ahead, yeah, like, probably... five minutes if you don't want to hear this. But the fucking reveal of why they're all on the beach was – I laughed out loud because it was that mm-hmm. stupid. Like, <laughs> the idea that they're all there for clinical test trials, but, like, unwillingly, but they're also – they all have terminal illnesses. And I'm like, would they not just agree to that? Like, if they're going to die anyways, like – yeah. And it seems like a drastic experiment. Like, how many failed experiments have they done? Yeah. You know? And they did all of that just for the one epilepsy. Like, they're like, (laughs) we had one thing that actually worked. They're like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's it's so stupid. And I I mean, I was kind of like, okay, this movie's not great, but I'm kind of curious why, like, what's the logic here? What's driving this? And then when they explain it, I'm like, okay, no, no, that's dumb. Are we, also, are we supposed to think that um, Alex Wolf's character and the other little girl that turned, that they accidentally fucked? (laughs) She just kind of pregnant, like. Yeah. Like, they don't, they're just like. Because we, because we have to remember that they're like six years old or eight and six years old, like yeah. in mentality. Yeah, like they're not gonna know about that. No, I especially that the tent thing where they're just like laying down in the tent and you're like, wait a second, because I knew exactly where it was going. There, there's some, there's some plot points in this that that you know exactly where it's going, and then there's stuff stuff in it that. Had the dialogue been better, I would have enjoyed it a lot more because I thought the element was there, especially with like Rufus Sewell's like um, onset Alzheimer's. Yeah, when he's trying to remember the the uh, Marlon Brando and and uh, Jack Jack Nicholson movie. Yeah, like uh, there's interesting elements there, and it just the dialogue just just fucking dispels anything, any well, care. Also, I I don't know if this movie was rated PG thirteen, but I assume it is. Because it yeah. there there was so much like camera shots where it shied away from showing things. It did and decaying that, bodies or or I, I mean yeah. I was really surprised that they did what they did with Abby Lee in the cave. Yeah, because that, that was like that's the one thing. The most where, gruesome thing. That was the one time where they're like, "Let's show this," and I'm like, yeah. "Okay." Or think, Rufus oh. Sewell's death scene as well. Yeah. So I don't know. Everyone else just kind of passes away peacefully. Like even the grand, the the Rufus Sewell's mom. They don't even show her when she dies. No. They, they, he's literally, he's literally doing chest compressions to the camera. (laughs) They never show her again. No. So the basic takeaway here is: don't go see probably either movie. Although I would probably recommend Snake Eyes over Mold. Although. Yeah, it, I got my first theater Disney dizziness back, uh, like since we've been back from the pandemic and everything. My first dizziness in theater was in Snake Eyes from one of those fight scenes. <laughs> I didn't remember I was watching it and I couldn't keep track of what was going on. And I went through this thing where I'm like, "Is this a me issue? Like, is it just like I'm yeah. having a, like, or is it the is movie? My, like, what, are my eyes focusing on the wrong things? Like, yeah, like everything yeah. feels weirdly blurry around it. Like, what am I supposed to be looking at?" That yeah. was yeah. That was exactly my feeling as well, and I think that's where part some of my vertigo probably came from. Yeah, it's just constantly adjusting and readjusting to what I'm. What the fuck am I supposed to be looking at here? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, poor Henry Golding. Yeah, 
You know, who knew Snake Eyes wore like hoodies and jackets most of the time? <laughs> and when are we gonna get rid of his voice? Like, what? Like, isn't that the point of the origin story? Yeah. Well, I also wanted like a few more GI Joe characters. Like, yeah, I, I felt like they kind of were like they. I wonder if the studio was like, you can only have two. And they're like, <laughs> well, I guess we'll do Baroness and Scarlet. Doesn't even like, make any sense? Because Hasbro owns E One now. Yeah. So you'd think they have free range to use whoever the fuck they want. Yeah, I thought they would have just done <laughs> done something with that, but I mean, it was cool. But I was also like, you could have done way more with this. You yeah. could have had like a few more, like. Fuck, they did, like I was waiting for that post-credit scene where I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be like Cobra Commander showing up," or like, "That'd be great." Joe and no, instead it's just Baroness asking Storm Shadow to join Cobra, and yeah. I'm like, I didn't need that. And she was awful. <laughs> she is so bad. I don't know who that actress was. I've never seen her before. She was so freaking bad. Here's the thing: I think she played a good Baroness, but I also think Baroness as a character is just like it's... not. She's well, evil in. Yeah. She's like, evil in, essentially. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Honestly, Snake Eyes just makes you realize how much Rise of Cobra slaps as a movie because it's still. Is it's that still the second one or the first one? Movie. The first one. Okay. See, I prefer the second one, but. I like. I, I, I love the Mindbender to Cobra Commander thing yeah. in Rise of Cobra. Um, there are stuff over Retaliation that I like as well. I just don't like how they fridge Duke in the beginning. Yeah. It's just like, why? And for The Rock, <laughs> too. would you do that? Yeah. I uh, mean, I'll you be You could have both Tatum and The Rock in the same movie. You know you can do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it would have been nice if we even got, like, like even one good G.I. Joe movie. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm really yeah. just, like, slim pickings here. Like, <laughs> I'm not choosing a good movie. It's just the best of this, like, bargain bin I apologize Whatever. to all of our listeners for going so hard on I'm not talking about Wicker Man. In, in, How dare in they? In G.I. Joe Origins. <laughs> it's real life horror. That's what it is. Yeah, it is. It is. That was our horror this week. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking about this week, though? We're talking about Wicker Man, the original, not the Nick Cage movie, although we no. do have a question about the Nick Cage movie. So I mean, it's it's. I think it's one that just totally missed. I don't know how Neil missed the point so much yeah. in a remake like it's it, it, like because i have i haven't seen the original in a very very long time um and it just made me think of just like how far off the mark because there are so there are so many scenes uh so many things that both movies share than that Le neil labute brought to his own but the context of them is completely changed when he did the remake or it's almost throwaway and it was just there as an homage and stuff but uh yeah, this is a this is a weird one for sure. Yeah, I think too. Um, like the, this movie, I we were talking about the air, and like I've seen this movie before, but I rewatched it for the podcast, and I mm -hmm. feel like with this movie, I, I like the rewatch value is not the same. Like when you're watching this for the first time and it's all unfolding, it's like, oh man, I wonder what's gonna go down, but then rewatching it i knew what was coming and i think it didn't quite work as well but i mean i i still appreciate i mean if anything the last like 10 20 minutes of this movie just is like like especially for the time like just insane uh but um what is 
the Wicker Man about. Sergeant Howie arrives in a small Scottish island of Summer Isle to investigate the report of a missing child, a conservative Christian. The policeman observes the resident's frivolous sexual displays and strange pagan rituals, particularly the temptations of widow, daughter of the island, magistrate, Lord Summer Isle. The more Sergeant Howie learns about the island's strange practices, the closer he gets to tracking down the missing child, which spoilers but they're all they're all there to get him to the island for the sacrifice mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. which i think is such a great reveal mm-hmm. uh even if you know it's coming still this idea that like he thinks that he's getting closer to revealing what's going on but then it's like no he's being played by them this entire time i yeah. i just like that so much and um, his faith traps him yeah his pushing of his faith traps him that's what's because, I mean, this movie is all about battling ideologies, which I find so fucking fascinating. And it, it's it's about, uh, I mean, in the narrative of the movie, it's about how his ideology, his faith and stuff kind of fails him or puts him on the wrong paths. And about how he's in an, he's in now in a land where those things are, are moot points and that whatever is transpiring, whatever Summerisle has everybody, uh, Christopher Lee's character has everybody under is more powerful than he could ever acknowledge, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, the, the cockiness of his utopia is, is it, it, cause uh, I said it off air. There's never a point where, where he, you know, Summerisle and, and his people are not in control. Yeah, no, hundred percent. When you're watching this, and you kind of, you would know that uh, Howie is basically at this. You know, he thinks he's making progress, but not really. Like, it, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, he's just going down the path that was been laid out. Yeah, which is kind. Of, it was just really interesting. I, I mm-hmm. think this movie's maybe not the most terrifying of horror movies, but I think no. the idea that like someone's being controlled by a cult. There's some horror to that for sure. Yeah, it's disturbing in 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 more of its overarching um, execution. I would say. Um, yeah. There's uh, even that that scene, the the through through room sex scene between uh, Britt Eklund and Edward Woodward mm. uh, in the first act of the film. Like even that's like weirdly disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of weird sex stuff in this movie. Uh, yeah. Maybe you could do a double feature of this in Wicked City, but uh, <laughs> this totally. is this is maybe a little less weird than Wicked City by like a mm. small margin. Um, the holy Ari Aster, though, right? Oh yeah, I mean you can tell he definitely was <laughs> watching this. There's a direct shot, um, I think, with the uh, the totem with the flags coming off of it, the flag ribbons. Yeah, and it shot right from from the bottom of the pole up, and I was like, "That's almost like an exact shot from Midsummer." Yeah, like you can feel it, like because I, I haven't seen like you know I, I'm I'm spoiling one of the questions, but I haven't seen this movie since I was 17 years old. So yeah. it's like to rewatch it with all the context of films that I've watched since then, including the remake. Um, it was such a different experience. Yeah. 
Um, speaking of, first time we watched it, sounds like you were, yeah, 17 when you yeah. first watched this? Yeah, I was okay. young. My, my, uh, and it was like, I discovered, it's like a friend of mine who's just like a huge horror buff, my friend Rob, uh, one of my best friends on the planet. Um, he was, oh, we're just kind of going through, oh, you haven't seen this before? And he just threw it on, right? Yeah. His, his, his original VHS of it. And, oh my God, like. It was it was like a revelation, especially like the the weird orgy reveal and stuff. <laughs> they're just like just they're just humping each other, or just in the dark in the middle of a field. Like <laughs> I was like, what the fuck's going on? The weird musical, yeah, numbers in this film. Like this movie like crosses genres so many different times. It it um, does, but it is, but at the same time, it is it it is very much is its own movie, and it feels like anything that has been in the same vein of this one is just branching off of the wicker man like it's a movie that will all, always be the totem um that uh, of comparison yeah and i think as good as this movie is it also kind of gives enough framework that people have taken that and done stuff like apostle or midsummer and stuff like mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. i i think it's good but it also leaves enough room where people can improve on this kind of formula and that's what i've kind of noticed is like watching this i'm like okay i can see the groundwork being laid for movies like this even if i think this movie is not the strongest i think it's good and it also gives people a framework that they can make movies like apostle or midsummer from because there's just slight deviations to that base kind of idea of yeah, there's a creepy cult and you've got outsiders or an outsider coming in to sort of view everything. It's it's kind of an interesting kind of setup that way. Yeah. Um, I also watched this when I was a teen. I think I must have been like, yeah, maybe 15 or 16. I think I just remember it was on TV um, and yeah, watched it. And I, I remember being really into it because I liked the the idea that like you think this uh investigator is kind of making progress and then you find out that like it's all in vain i just like that idea like that yeah general kind of like hopelessness i think horror movies tend to have that in ways that are more effective than a lot of other genres uh having lovecraft thing right yeah like that that connection like if you watch a rom-com and you find out that all of it was in vain you're a little disappointed you're like why didn't these two get together why didn't justin timberlake or whatever date you know but in a horror movie that hopelessness works so well within that genre where when things don't work out you're like oh yeah i <laughs> this this makes sense you're subtweeting uh 500 days of summer right now y- yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> i mean I, that movie also I mean, I don't know if that movie. I love that movie. It is a good movie. I actually rewatched <laughs> it for another podcast recently, and good, this yeah. So <laughs> but it's kind of funny because like that movie's not really even a hopeless movie. Like no. he ends up meeting. No. It's optimistic. Your... It's 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 a story. It's like you needed this to grow as a person. Yeah. It's yeah. not about this relationship. It's about what's beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I totally felt that too. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, I don't need every movie to be hopeless, but, like, one of my favorite all-time movie endings is The Return of the Living Dead, where, like, the movie ends with, like, the entire city being nuked, and you're like, oh, okay, well, that's just, it's a bit of a parody and a bit of a kind of, 
there's some humor to it, but there's also just the idea that like, yeah, everyone's dead. Like, <laughs> well, you know, for me, it was like finally Tom Matthews' suffering is over. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh man, did they put him through the ringer in that movie? Yeah, and then they go make a sequel, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Oddly, Tom Matthews is back in this, and I thought he was nuked. I have I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> uh, I just miss trash. Yeah, yeah. I I actually rewatched that movie recently because uh, there was that whole thing of people posting that still from the movie, which I still don't quite understand why. But uh, it gave me a good excuse to revisit that movie. And oh yeah, that movie's just fun. That movie's got an energy that just like no other movies really have which is just this like chaotic punk energy i really dig it anyways um emails we got one from wes says i love the twist that the whole town is in on it classic mm-hmm. yeah i i mean in a time where they were that you could do that and it was still like it is still like a mind-blowing like fresh thing mm-hmm. um because i i mean a lot of movies have taken that element. Fuck, even Hot Fuzz takes that element. Yes. Right? So it's like, um, yeah, I mean, at the time in 73, man, that must have just fucked with audiences. Well, that's also at a time, too, where, like, nowadays, you know, old is out for a day or two, and people already know old twist about it because it's leaked mm-hmm. online and whatnot. Whereas mm-hmm. back in the day, like, you wouldn't have known. Like, not unless, like, you had an asshole friend who told you it, but, like presumably not presumably you go into that movie you have no idea what the twist is and then when you encounter it you're genuinely surprised um it's kind of hard to do that nowadays with the internet (laughs) internet ruins so much for us uh but it's also great at the same time um sarah says what do you all think of the nick cage movie uh it's it's funny as a nick cage movie it's not a good movie and it's an interesting experiment, but it's it's not the Wicker Man. Like it, no, it, it, it it's, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it's it's not a good movie. But like, there's stuff about that movie that I still laugh just thinking about. Like him in the bear costume, just going up and punching the woman in the face. Like what? Yeah. Take off the masks. Yeah. There's so much in it that it, it it's it's great on a Nicolas Cage camp level, and I think that's the only way it succeeds because. Uh, it is not well executed at all. It's not well edited. It's not well written. It's just like a complete fail from Neil Debut. Yeah. Um, and uh, but as far as just like Gonzo Nick Cage stuff, I I mean, the the CGI B scene alone <laughs> wins. Like, the, oh my God, they're in my mouth. <laughs> like, like, like. there's so much that's it's so fucking great about it the super cut that you can find on youtube of the most ridiculous moments from the movie is like one of my favorite things like i I watch it periodically because it's so insanely funny yeah i cackle like a madman when i see it it it's it's fun as a meme i think yeah like that's that's just it like you're not you can watch that movie and really you're you're there for the memes you're there for the Mm -hmm. really dumb moments where it's like what the hell am i watching yeah absolutely um, but I, yeah it's it's not the wicker man it's it's more a let's let nicholas cage go wild and uh yeah you'll you'll either laugh or you'll just be like what the hell am i watching 
Uh, and then he goes and makes a movie like Pig, which is just weird, oh. but also amazing at the same time. I, too. I, I'm going to say it here first, so it's controversial or whatever, but Nicolas Cage for Best Actor. Oh, so good. And also, you know, a movie that subverts your expectations. You're you're it thinking really this does. time, this guy's going to take a Bowie knife or a gun and just go to town. And he goes through the entire movie just like, you know, instilling self-doubt to people. <laughs> yeah. Like detailing how important oh. the pig is. And you're like, what the fuck? This is not John Wick. Like... Uh, oh my it's... god! When he he breaks that chef down, yeah, it breaks his successes in half, like in front of him at a table. Yeah, softly speaking to him, it's oh it's... my god! And then there's a third act moment where like you realize where he's basically told the fate of the pig, and it's just it's like one of the the most emotionally wrenching scenes I've seen this year. Yep. It's like, it's... It, it is such a weird, it's such a crazy meditation on like grief mm-hmm. of your previous life, of your future, of those you love. Like, it's such a weird film. It is. And yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like a John Wick movie. If he, instead of guns <laughs> and knives, he used verbal, like just words. Yeah. So. Oh my God! And and again, uh, we already talked about Alex Wolf being an old. Alex Wolf is really great in this movie too. Yeah, he is. He had the greatest mustache in that movie. So say. good. His first like moment in the movie, I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, this is cool." Yeah. And he's just like this fucking douchebag. <laughs> that really like is. slowly gets softened. Like he over the course of the movie, like there is so much character growth in him. Yes. It, yeah, this movie's so great, and oh man, I I, I loved Pig so much. Dude. Like it, it, and I feel like it still isn't getting talked about enough. Like it, no. uh, in like fringe ways, and some of the accounts of people that are really like respect on Twitter and stuff, you hear about it. But like, yeah, it's it's not getting that wide scope that it deserves, and uh, that Neon as a company also deserves in, in the films that they pick up because they just picked up the Cannes. Um, of uh, Palm Door winner uh, Titan, which I'm so fucking excited for. It's the mm. new movie from the 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 woman that did Raw. Oh really? Oh yeah. Raw was so good. Raw's amazing. Yeah, that's such a good movie. I don't think we've covered that on here. We probably should though. That'd be a good one. That'd be a yeah. good one. Like, like a weird cannibal movie. <laughs> Pair it with Cannibal Holocaust. There we go. <laughs> Some Diodato. There we go. Um. All right. Uh, best line in the Wicker Man. Ooh. Um. <laughs> there's some weird ones in this movie. I, I mean, most of mine would probably be uh, like almost all of Summer Isle's dialogue, because mm-hmm. um, I really feel like this is like it's got to be top three roles of Christopher Lee. Like he's just he's so there's so much gravitas to it to his uh, to to his his lines even the line the do sit down sergeant shocks are so much better absorbed when the knees bent yeah um or or that oh, sorry actually I really like and he's like what religion can be learned by uh, jumping over bonfires and he says parthenogenesis. 
Yeah. Like, what? What? And he's like, literally, as Miss Rose would some doubtless would doubtless say in her assiduous way, reproduction without sexual union. Mm-hmm. It's just like simple concepts that make up this thing that's not a religion, but really um, a devotion to a higher being that can't be explained. It's yeah. fucking interesting shit. Yeah. I always like near the end where Howie's trying to like like convince Summerisle that like killing him is not going to work and like it just fails. Like I think he says at one point like if the crops fail Summerisle next year your people will kill you on May Day and uh, Summerisle just says they will not fail. Like he's so certain of it. Yeah. He knows. He's yeah. they've been doing this for a long time, right? Yeah. 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 And I have to bring up uh, sadistic children. Oh. It's like a common theme uh, with this movie and then one scene in particular with our next movie. I was like, the kids are evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can definitely get into like Children of the Corn and mm-hmm. Firestarter, I guess, to a degree. I actually watched Firestarter the other day and I totally forgot that uh, George Scott was in it. And he's got like an eye patch. It's so wild. Yeah. He, and, and he's playing a Native American. He's playing an indigenous character. It's <laughs> so can, whitewashy. You can never say that George C. Scott had a boring career. Like, never. No. No, absolutely. Okay. Um. All right. Best performance. I mean, it's got to be Christopher Lee. Christopher right? Lee. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, Edward Woodward makes a good foil. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I would say Britt Eklund, but that that scene that scene shot from the back wasn't her. Yeah, <laughs> it's a stunt double because apparently she was uh, partially pregnant at the time, is what I read. Uh, well, that would do it. Yeah. I mean, I also do like uh, Diane uh, Salento as Miss Rose. Mm-hmm. She's pretty good too. Yeah, but oh, and uh, there was uh, when a uh, when uh, there, there was a certain act when the gardener showed up. Mm-hmm. I out loud, it, when I was watching it, uh, when I was watching it on a Friday night, out loud, I went, hi, 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 Mr. Deltoid, because it's <laughs> Clockwork Orange, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, all right. Uh, best kill in this movie. I mean, this is not really a kill-centric movie. No, it's not, it's not a kill movie. I um, mean... I guess Howie burning up at the Howie. end. Howie is Howie is the only death that's on screen. Yeah, so kind of wins by default. But I mean, it is a good one. Like, did you know that they had a goat above him, and the goat just kept pissing on him? No, because it was the goat was in distress for being in that cage. That's too funny. Just kept pissing on Edward Woodward. Well, like maybe it helps him get into character. I guess. Yeah. There's another um, common bond: goats. Goats and sheep. Yeah. In both movies. This is very much a, a farm animal type movie. Triple... Anti-farm animal, as it would seem. <laughs> Put it up with a triple feature with the witch. The vivitch. <laughs> the vivitch. Yeah. People make fun of me for saying that, but I'm like, you know what? That's how I'm going to call it. I know it's probably not how it's pronounced, but I don't care. <laughs> it looks like it, they, they mentioned why it was two Vs. I'm sticking with that. Okay. Um, dumbest decision. I mean, 
bring back up i guess like yeah. well and again but again he is very he is very like um like the the howie that arrives mm -hmm. is like you know kind of like the best man on the force and like yeah um driven and and had, has never faltered at his job because he's never faltered in his faith and and all of this and that like the the point is of this movie is to break this guy down till he's a hysterical mess at the end of the movie yeah so i, I mean that's kind of the the central point of his character yeah agreed okay um yeah i mean i, I jokingly say bring back up but like i don't think there's really a dumb decision in this like no how he's going along and you could say that you know in retrospect he could have done things differently but like he didn't know that they were manipulating no. him and i would even argue needles every time and i would even argue that first time watching this you the viewer aren't even aware that he's being manipulated because they do a no. pretty good job of hiding it so i think so i, I think so too i i would say i would just to fill up fill in the blanks there's some answer i'd say bring back back up but it's kind of joking because like he, he wouldn't think to bring back up he's doing pretty well he thinks but it's all and if he brought back up his backup would have been dead before true true I, I i think okay i think it's time to give this a uh a score what are you thinking for the wicker man um i would say it's like a seven and a half eight for me um um just because of thinking back of like when it came out, um, it, it's it's meaning on this kind of storytelling, mm -hmm. um, and just everything that came from it. Like on it, like like we've already said, we wouldn't get Midsummer without Wicker Man. We wouldn't get Apostle without Wicker Man. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I think Robin Hardy is doing so many subversive things within this film. Uh, and like the simple change of, uh, of, of my age in watching these films as a teenager and then watching this film now and seeing the battle of ideologies and everything. I always, I, I, I find that this so deeply fascinating in this one mm -hmm. and the creepy notion that, that summer Isle is kind of like right for his people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're away, you know, they're on their own little bit of civilization. Mm -hmm. Um, so like they got their little scottish isle and they can just kind of like chill and have their own shit like um i don't know you, you kind of he he's like an oddly uns you know unsung sympathetic character it's it's weird it's it such, is. it's such, just a weird thing and uh um did you know that there's a sequel to this movie no that's robin hardy made a sequel in 2011 called the wicker tree interesting yeah so I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen well. it. So. No, I don't think so. And um, he, Christopher Lee was supposed to be in it, but he injured himself on another movie and couldn't do it. Uh, so they had to write the, the role as a, a bit younger and stuff and cast um, Graham McTavish, who played uh, Saint of Killers in uh, Preacher in that it's, role. So, it's yeah, so 2011 weird. it came out. Wow, that's that's quite a bit of wait time between the two yeah I, the, I love the poster for it i think the poster is gorgeous and it really reminds me of the wicker man as well so yeah, yeah i i that'd be a neat one i think to check out down the road 
Yeah, apparently it's got a 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, so I guess it was not received too well. I mean, not to say that Rotten Tomatoes is everything, but, you know, uh, it it seems to be universally panned, except for uh, Stacey Lane Wilson from Horror.com, who says, The Wicker Tree is really just cappy, sappy suds. So, Hmm. okay. Um, And... yeah, what was I? Oh, I hadn't like I've given it a score yet. I'd give it a score of eight out of ten. I think it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it doesn't always hold up for a rewatch. It's my main issue with it, but I think it's still pretty good. Uh, especially like the end, like the last 20, 30 minutes, like oh, it's kind of it's yeah. really disturbing on a level that just makes you uncomfortable. You're like, oh, like when he tries to explain his way out of it or try to work like mind games on Summerisle and he starts to realize it's not working. It's that futility of uh, his efforts that really makes us uh, a real, real good movie. So yes, eight out of 10. Uh, all right. Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steve dead. Uh, you can find my website, uh, Steve stabbing.ca. And I'm also on uh, the shift uh, every Thursday at 11 p.m. Uh, on the Chorus Radio Network uh, across Canada. So just basically, yes, yeah, uh, Google the shift of Shane Hewitt, and you'll probably find the OmniLink or the uh, widget to put on your computer. Nice. I'm over at 3 where we regularly review movies. We've got reviews for Old. We've got reviews for Snake Eyes. Reviewed the... Fear Street movies, which man, those movies were fun. I think they I were so to much fun. Cover them on here at one point because yeah, I mean, I feel like three. Um, it's it's the slower one. Uh, mm. um, yes, especially going back, you know, back to the the old Sarah Fear like origins and stuff like that. Yeah, but holy crap, that third act once they kick back into nineteen ninety four. And they do, they did something uh, that just totally shocked me. Mm -hmm. And it was so fun. It was so like funny. Um, Oh man, there's, there's, there's like, they really rock those. Like I want more, let's do more. There's a, there's another, there's a a little stinger in the third film Mm. that suggests that there, that there will be more. Yeah. I think Um, they've said they want to do it like a, you, universe kind of like marvel and yeah. other movies and i'm like yeah i'll do it with that do it and the fact that what's that one of the characters uses the fear street books to save her life <laughs> was like oh cool yeah i i'd love to do those movies on here uh, yes. at a certain point yeah um, i'm trying to avoid spoiler stuff but I, I i feel like as soon as you say that the third act goes back to 94 you're spoiling it a bit yeah well i think too like I think my issue with the third one is like that stuff in 1666 felt like it went on way too long. Like it does. It, it, it does. And it, you, you get to the it point. It's creepy, not scary. Yeah. It, it just, it gets to its point and then it just kind of lingers around and you're like, I get it. Like, you know, I get what's going on here. It just felt like a, it was a lot of padding, but I mean, once you get back to 1994, it's fantastic. And, uh, Jillian Jacobs mm-hmm. really good in that. I mean, she's great in general, but she's yeah. great in that. Um, yeah, 
And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm on film or I'm on Letterboxd, uh, Fatal Koala, Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. You can find me on there. And, um, yeah, don't forget to check out Taylor Sorcianic on Twitter. She's got links on there to our other stuff. You can check that out as well. And uh, until next time, we're going to talk about Apostle. Bye for now.